Robbie Knox here, landlord of the Moon Underwater, and I have a very exciting announcement to share with you. Have you ever found yourself listening along to the podcast thinking, hmm, I wish I could experience this with my own eyes in the real world? Well, you're in luck, because very soon the Moon Underwater will be returning to the other realm for a special live show. As it's such a special occasion, we thought we'd invite an equally special guest along. Joining us on the night to create their dream pub is the Edinburgh Comedy Award-winning comedian Ahir Shah. It's taking place on Sunday the 7th of April at Moth Club in London. Tickets are on general sale now. Search Moon Under Pod on socials, head to our page and click the link in the bio to get your tickets. We look forward to seeing you there. everyone and welcome back to the moon underwater oh robin and george i don't know if you've noticed but the moon is on the swain Mm. how so well we're here in the correct realm um the moon isn't quite like it is in the other realm where it goes it it waxes and wanes from crescent to full to half uh the moon is on the swain here which uh, means you can sort of see, I don't know how to describe it really. It's like if you, if you just sort of drew a strip of black down the middle, so there's two sort of crescent moons, but it's the same moon. That's when the moon is on the swain. It's a lovely image. Yeah, because I think the correct realm is, is actually flat, like, a f- like flat earthers, right. but, it actually, but it actually is. Okay. So there's a certain point well, so at which... The earth. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a certain point when the sun is behind the correct realm. It's just a sort of a, a straight line yeah. taking out the middle of the moon. Uh-huh. So you get two moons yeah. on the swain. George, the moon on the swain, how does that affect your seasons? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. It is a good yeah. question, isn't it? Um, I don't know. I, 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 I was thinking about something else <laughs> when, you, when you started really describing the, the flat earth and the line down the middle and everything. I was just thinking the moon on the like swing. Robin, like how does the moon? Robin's slightly better versed in how to deal with these curveballs. Yeah. Um, Robin, how does the moon on the swing affect your seasons? Well, you know, a full moon. Lots of things happen on a full moon. Yeah, don't they? People go a bit potty. Yes, they do. So when the moon's on the swain, people just get very chilled. They do, don't they? Yeah. It's because it's like a form of balance. Yeah. Like when you sort of, when you're having a panic attack and when you... are having <laughs> a panic attack. And you just sort of lean into the adrenaline of it as opposed to fighting it. Yeah. And you come out with this sort of almost like a high. Okay. Because you've allowed the adrenaline into you. Is that what the moon on the swain means to you? I mean, you? I've never had that experience, but right. yeah, I think so. It's okay. definitely been swain-like, yeah. Yeah, swain-like. Anyway, folks, if it wasn't clear, uh, you join us back here at the Moon Underwater, which has revealed itself uh, sur la dagde, uh, within the dagda, um, and we're having a wonderful time here in front of patrons and uh, with George Egg, the snack hacker-in-chief... Are you the chief snack hacker? Are there um, pretenders to the throne? 
I don't think there's. I haven't. I haven't seen well snack hacker written down. I mean, I've seen it on a few adverts. I've seen a few sort of promotions, a few advertising campaigns from big corporations where I've thought they've seen what George does, and they've thought we'll we'll do that ourselves. It's I, sort of I've far seen them as away. well. I've seen them as well, but I've thought there's got to have been parallel thinking there. I don't think they've nicked. Well, what I I've thought done. I reckon George should be getting a little bit of bunts from those guys. <laughs> anyway, um, George, we we left we were left on pretty creative tenterhooks by the lovely Robin at the Moon Underwater Pub quiz because it's not so much a quiz as a practical exam. Yeah, of the Im- <laughs> a practical exam of the imagination. Yes, um, imagination cookery. Mm. Um, so, Cooking. Robin, uh, remind. <laughs> <laughs> Remind Marcus. the patrons and the listeners uh, what the uh, what the task was that you set, George and I. Right, I set three culinary challenges, and you had to tell me how you would tackle them, and I will decide with the help of the audience who's created the best imaginary dish. Right. Yeah. So, should we go with the first one? Uh-huh. So, the first one was poached eggs. What's the mm. definitive method of poached eggs? Uh-huh. What's the best way of doing them? Is there an answer? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Very confident at the start here. So who's going first? I think that's crucial who goes first. Well, should we do... I think John should go first. With you want John one. to go first? Yeah. Okay. Because so I got two things I was thinking of going to, and it depends on what he says. Okay. Oh, I see. Ooh. I've got you spooked. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing with the poached I egg, heard you last night trying to no this po- morning, trying to poach an egg. Last night I tried to do trying to poach an egg, and you were swearing at yourself. Well, so here's, I have to caveat this, and if it affects the audience's uh, vote, that's fine. I will fuck it up. I will fuck it up, and I will hate myself. And I will say, why, why are simple tasks beyond you? Well, this is the, that's what I heard last night. That's what I did. Pretty much that. Well, I'll explain what happened Do you fuck it up 50% of the time, or every time you fuck up poached eggs? I just, so I made, tried to make poached eggs last night, and I did. I poached eggs yeah right but and i always the thing is i don't have the confidence to crack an egg i always i always hold back at the last minute right and i basically sort of i sort of i bruise the shell it's a bit like that dart dart players get that thing where they they sort of lose confidence it's exactly that it's dartitis it's shellitis yeah so I think, okay, just, and every time I do it, I think, what would George do? And sometimes George will, like, tap it on the side of the work surface. Sometimes he hits it with a knife. What did I do You hit it with a knife, when George, I did, and I tried and, to do it, and I and fucked how, it up! How many, how many eggs did I cook perfectly at once? Oh, six or seven. It was six. amazing. But the thing was, so I did it, and I did it well, and I hit it with a knife, and it made a clean break, and then I plopped it in, and the yolks broke twice. Uh. And the first one, I said, the fuck's sake, John. And then the second one, it happened again. I was like, why do you fuck everything up? <laughs> That's However, what I heard. here's my guide to the perfect poached egg. Go on. <laughs> so first off, you better bet your life I'm, I'm toasting some sourdough. Ooh, right. I like it. Next off, um, I mean, if I was being, if I was cooking for friends, I'd use salted butter. If I was cooking for me, I'd use like a vegan spread. I've got that on the side. Nice. Um, but for poached eggs, I, for safety, I go the Delia's route. So it's a frying pan. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. With like uh, 
an inch or two inches of water, so like almost full frying pan, and you don't bring it to the boil, but you bring it to the simmer, and then you very, very gently, no swilling, bit of white wine vinegar in there, and you just pour the, you, I would probably crack it into a, a mug or a ramekin first, uh, and then you just, you literally just plop it in, plop so, it. so the water's not moving, so that the prob the thing is, if you swill it round and all that, it just creates this sort of mad swirl of white, which you don't want. Like, want like the um, Ghost of Christmas Past in Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I don't know, but, if, you, if you look it up, it looks like a shit poached egg. Um, <laughs> Muppets, I got that. I've stolen that joke. It but was a tweet. Also, but, if you yeah, use a big frying pan, yeah. you can do like six or seven at once because yeah. you just put them in. They stay in their place. But can I just stress? Yeah. Do you know what the most important ingredient in here is, Robin? I know what you're going to say. Fresh kitchen say. towel. Okay. Fre no. no it's different. <laughs> it's different. Should we just do that without you two stamping all over me like a herd of elephants? Okay. <laughs> do you know what the most important ingredient here is, Robin? Go on. Freshness. Yes. Because a fresh egg holds its shape. Yeah. So they need right. to be, they need to be, I mean, literally, ideally coming straight out of the hen's ass. Yeah. <laughs> Warm into your hand, whack them with a knife into the ramekin and okay. then straight in. Right. Um, and then uh, take them out with a slotted spoon. Yeah. Onto either Blitz kitchen roll, yes. because that's got the, the backbone to deal with the water. Yeah. Or one of those, or one of those blue cloths. Yeah, and then once it's dried off a bit, you maybe pat the top. You just place it on the toasted sourdough that's been buttered or vegan spreaded. Little cracker pepper, little pinch of salt, little dash of Tabasco, and may I be so bold as to suggest a little grating of very finely grated Parmesan on top. Oh, I like that. And a hot, strong coffee. Yes. That's lovely. So we're going to call your method the Delia Frying Pan Plop Parmesan. Yeah. <laughs> the Delia Frying Pan Plop Parmesan. Great. Okay, George, what you got? Well, first Egg. of all, I'd like to say that John does that method. And as he has admitted, and as I have attested to, yeah. doesn't work. <laughs> so, <laughs> the method works. I just fuck it up. But it worked. This is imagining so it's a we do it theory. well. It works in theory, yeah. Right. Okay. I, I'm in two minds whether to go for how I would poach an egg if you were talking poached eggs in water, which is similar to John but different, and I think might be boring because it's similar enough. But how I do it, or I could go for something different. What do you think it should be? Go different. Go different. different. All right. Mm. Okay. So I'm going to do what I call, and this is another Edinburgh thing. What I call cuppy egg, cuppy which egg. isn't. Strictly a poached egg, but it tastes like a poached egg. So you lose by default because it's not poached. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know if we, I mean, does poached have to be in water? Yep. Yeah. Okay, or, that'll or do milk. the other then. No, 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 no. Put it to the audience. All right, I'm going to do it. I'm gonna do, I'm gonna, it tastes is, like a poached egg. It, it looks like, like a poached, poached egg. egg. Yeah. So here's what it is. So this okay. is a recent thing. I went to Leon the other day and I had a, uh, they called it the green shakshuka and it was really nice. And I thought, I'm going to recreate that, but in a, in a sort of instant way of doing it. So, uh, you cook your egg in a microwave. So what you do, you get a teacup. I know, I know it's bold, but <laughs> you get a teacup, you generously butter the inside, you crack an egg in. You put in a big pinch of those little crispy onions that you get from 
you know, sort of, you know, the, the, your burger onions or the things that go on your sort of, you know, sushi kind of things. You put a bit of folded kitchen paper on top and put it in the microwave for 30 seconds. Mm. Oh, oh, season it first as well. Of course. Uh, 30 seconds. That will that will cook it really beautifully. You might be unlucky, and if when you've cracked it in, you've got a little bit of air in there, it might do a little pop, but hopefully that's not the case. And hopefully the yolk is in the middle, which you can kind of tease it to the middle so that you don't get a half-cooked yolk. Anyway. A lot of hope in this recipe. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you do it then. That's what I'm saying. You do it. Well, John, you, have you ever heard George go, oh, fuck, I hate my life in the kitchen. <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, then, uh, so then you've got your, your beautifully cooked egg. You, you leave it in the cup. Yeah. You put in uh, a little blob of mayonnaise, a little blob of yogurt. Mm. Uh a little bit of uh, just just cooked up that you've done previously. So, yeah, but you, you cook it enough of this, and then it's in in the fridge. A bit of courgette and kale and onion and garlic oh, that you fried up. A oh. little bit of that, and then some crispy fried halloumi on top of there. A bit of sumac. Oh my god! And you should eat it straight out of the cup. Lovely. Doesn't sound like a poached egg. He's plussed it up. Sounds like an egg meal. I've plussed, I thought we were supposed to be plussing it up. Uh, yeah, you can pl- yeah, it's about plussing up, I or think. Or is that, that was the cheese on toast? Well, it doesn't. I think we might not have time for the cheese on toast, but <laughs> let's, let's press on. Who, who thinks John's Delia frying pan plop should win? Yeah. That's pretty... That's, yeah, what about George, George's cuppy egg? Yeah. Oh, you've won! <laughs> Wow. I should have gone with the perfect poached egg. You should have done because oh. that was what that was the question I you were asked. thought it would asked. be boring. Yeah. <laughs> you gambled at the start, really. But but also it's nice information for everyone to have. It okay. is. And People they can are learning. Watch a future snack hacker, they can watch a like future snack hacker. But but just to be clear, it is one nil to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's 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 rattle through these. Uh, cheese okay. on cheese on toast. How would, how are you going to plus up? Cheese on toast. Well, again, I'm starting with the sourdough, but okay. I'm only going to par toast it. <laughs> and the temptation here is to go for what is more like a Welsh rarebit. But the problem with that is you don't get that burnt and bubbly cheese. Yeah. Right. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a sort of cheese on toast Welsh rarebit. So you've got your par toasted sourdough. I'm then going to spread Dijon mustard on that. Like it. I'm going to spread a little bit of mayonnaise on that. I'm then going to grate two types of cheese. Now, I'm not a fan of Gruyere, but it does melt well. It does. So I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to grate a mixture of Gruyere and mature cheddar. And then on top of that, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> And then what I'm going to do is my inclination is to go hot sauce, but I'm going to hold back because I don't think, I think it would spoil it. So as it goes under the grill, Worcester sauce on top. Like it. So you've almost got like a, like a, in a sense, a deconstructed Welsh rare bit, but it bubbles and it burns and it crisps just like a cheese on toast. And those are my thoughts. Lovely. A deconstructed rare bit. George. Okay, what I'm doing is I'm going classic post-beer cheese on toast. Like I'm it. going for whatever cheap white-sliced bread that you've got. Nice. In the house. Yeah. You're toasting it. You're just putting whatever mild or medium cheddar on top. You're putting it under the grill. You're getting it bubbling. But then... Okay. 
then what you're doing is you're putting you 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 you're putting it on. Well, first of all, you've got to put it on a cake rack so that it stays crispy underneath. Otherwise, it goes wangy, and you don't want that. You want to keep it crisp while it's cooling slightly and maintaining its crispness. You're going to the cupboard and you are getting out all the sauces, oh. everything. <laughs> okay, we're talking salad cream, yeah. all the hot sauces, the ketchups, the burger sauces, the things that you kind of go, we never have that, and we don't know what it's for. Wasabi. Are we talking Mr. Naga? Mr. Naga's there. Mr. Naga's at the back going, don't forget me. And you go, I haven't. Don't you worry, we're yeah, talking lime. Like, I'm, I'm, we're I'm talking a good job to pickle. forget you after last time, Mr. Naga. <laughs> <laughs> lime pickle, all, every, all those things, all the jars. Lime pickle? Yep, but then mm -hmm. you're not just piling it on. What you're yeah. doing is because by now, the underside of the toast has gone nice and crisp. So then you can put it on a board and you can cut it into 16 pieces. Boff, boff, boff. Boff, 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 like that. So you've got loads of little squares of just perfect crisp bread, gooey cheese on top, and then you're getting a tiny little spoon, and you're going, I tried that on that one. I tried that on that oh, one. And then whoever brilliant. you're with, you're going, oh, try that. Oh, my God, that's good. And then you're mixing things together, and you're round just Round of applause. Oh, there we go. Round of applause. I got that one. I think I got that one. That was brilliant. Do you, do you think that's a... Is that a shoe-in for George, that one, or was well, that... Well, George has created a smorgasbord, but <laughs> yeah. I think, I know me, if I went George's approach, I'd have a stomachache after, because I'd have eaten 18 different hot sauces. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas mine, I think you've got a more classic, delicious... It is, it is classic, yeah. But, but it's, up, it's up to the patrons. Okay, so should, should we go a cheer for John's deconstructed rare bit? And a cheer for George's 16-piece cake rack salad cream. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's done it. He's done it. <laughs> right. Yes to please. Yes to please. So for the decider, you're in M&S. You've got 10 minutes before you train. What you buy in? Okay, so the first thing I've done is I've written to M&S. <laughs> and I've said, M&S, your ultimate prawn Mary Rose sandwich promised so much yeah. and delivered so little get rid of the lettuce because it wilts stop putting low fat mayo and sort of these weird salt and sugar replacements into your um, Mary Rose sauce because it tastes fake and gross and inhabit the gap in the market for a truly great prawn mary rose sandwich that no one else does it's all prawn mayo why aren't we chucking a little bit of tabasco a little bit of lemon juice a little bit of ketchup into that mix a little bit of pepper leaving out the wilting lettuce yeah and just just backing britain <laughs> got someone saying it um it it's one of the biggest culinary disappointments of my life when I saw the ultimate prawn Mary Rose sandwich at M&S and I thought, it's, it's here. Someone's had the yeah. guts to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. Right? So I I've think you've missed your train by yeah, this. I've, yeah. <laughs> so I've mugged that off. Yeah. Um, can, I, can I just say the problem with all M&S sandwiches and, and all of them is that they're, they're woefully under-seasoned and mm. too cold. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they have to keep them at a certain temperature yeah, and it true. just takes away all the flavour. So yeah. the, the best thing is get a sandwich and don't eat it yet. And let it come up to room yeah. temperature. So what I'm going for in M&S, I'm going for the M&S uh, samosa, which oh. is the best of the sort of mainstream shop-bought samosas. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm going for agree. a. Uh, so that's about two quid. I'm then going for a, a pot of hummus Ooh. because hummus on a samosa is fantastic. What's better than that? Hummus on a samosa with Thai sweet chili sauce on top. Right. Where are you getting that? That's in M&S. Is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Quite good. So, <laughs> so let's say two quid for the samosa, 150 for the hummus, two quid for the Thai sweet chili sauce. What are we looking at there? 550? In, in that ballpark, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we got 1450 left. Okay. I'm going to go for, because M&S has this weird thing where it, and this is relevant to the moon underwater, where it sort of Finally. Has, <laughs> <it's>, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it has sort of own brand beers, but are made yes. by breweries, but they're under different names. True, yeah. I've not found one that I actually like. Really? So, I, so I've got 14.50 left, yeah? Yeah. So I'm going to go for a four-pack of Guinness... Because you can have that on the train. It doesn't matter that it loses its chill. In fact, that's actually a bonus. So uh, say the four-pack of Guinness is a fiver. That leaves me with, what, nine quid-ish? Sure. So I'm going to go for uh, 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 the Porn Star Martini. Oh. Uh, five quid for three, which leaves me with four quid. And I, for, with that, I think I'm going to get some millionaire shortbread and oh. two pounds change. That's that's decent, man. So I got four Guinness. I got three, and I might mix up the porn star martini with a mojito or a passion fruit martini. You're going to be absolutely hammered by the time you get to. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. going to be fantastic. Yeah, brilliant. I like it. Okay. Oh, oh the oh. two quid I'm going to use for some sour cream uh, lentil curls. Oh, <laughs> very moving. <laughs> Very moving. Lovely, and, a, and a pound lovely, left, uh, actually, to give to charity. <laughs> <laughs> oh, lovely. George, you're not familiar with the M&S. I'm not particularly. No, no. I mean, I, I tend to uh, uh, shy away from it yeah. because I always go, oh, it's going to be really dear. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll bring something with me, you know. Yeah. But um, so here's what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to, A, assume yeah. that they sell some of that sort of bread that you're supposed to put in the oven. They're going to do that, aren't they? Like oh, yeah. baked like, bread. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. All right. I'm going to buy one of those. Ooh. I'm going to buy um, a, 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 a big thing of full fat milk. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna steal some <laughs> some sachets of salt and pepper. Okay, fine. Okay. Fine. Uh, and what I'm gonna do when I get on the train now, you said it's going from London to Bristol. Yeah. So it's gonna be one of those trains that where where does that go from? Paddington. Paddington. So it's gonna be one of those trains that often when they st with the big trains, isn't it? Yeah. When they start, they kind of go. Yeah, yeah. Like that, yeah. yeah. And they, you get that vibration. Yes. Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to put the the milk somewhere where it's where it's going to it's going to feel that vibration. Yeah. I've said okay. it before, it doesn't sound like a poached egg. <laughs> <laughs> and as it vibrates, yeah. What's going to happen? It's going to you know, thingy. It's going to churn. Yeah. It's yeah. going to churn the, the butter out of the milk. Yeah. George, George, you, so come on. You, you of all people know how much effort it takes to churn milk into butter. Yeah, but who's, making, who's doing the effort? Am I doing the effort or is the intercity? You, are you telling me I'm, a mild vibration of a train as it sets off? It will, it will. Like that. So it's going to vibrate. Yeah. It's going to vibrate 
the butter out of the milk. We're gonna we're gonna squeeze that butter. We're gonna add the sachets of salt. Yeah. Uh, Why it. didn't you just buy butter? Because <laughs> because churned butter is infinitely better. Home churned butter or train churned butter <laughs> is train churned butter. It's fresh freshly churned butter. Then yeah. what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna take the bread. I'm gonna go into the toilet where they've got the hand dryer. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's disgusting. I'm not gonna. I'm not, I'm not gonna put it down. I'm gonna rip. I'm gonna rip hunks, yeah. hunks of the bread, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna gather paper hand towels as to protect my hand from the heat. But I'm gonna hold the bread underneath until it's until it's warmed by the hot mm. air. Yeah. And then I'm gonna have warm bread, which you can't get any other way. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> With home yeah. train churn butter. butter. And then, but I didn't know we had to spend all 20 quid. You so don't have to spend all 20 quid. Well, John, John, John's it, just very you, efficient. You don't have to use a hand dryer. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, but how are you going to get warm bread otherwise? Well, you're not going to get warm bread from a hand yes, dryer. You, you, what if it's an air I've blade? I've got a hand dryer behind my venue and I can bring it home and we can... I'll, I'll put, <laughs> and just you listen to me, young man. You're, no, it's like, <laughs> Sorry, it's the father thing. Um, uh, so then you have warm bread with... Lovely butter mm. and uh, with salty butter, and then that's going to leave me with about eighteen quid, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to give that to charity. Oh, <laughs> brilliant! <laughs> so <laughs> sorry, this has taken thirty minutes, but they uh, <laughs> give us a cheer if you want John's uh, Guinness samosa. <laughs> what about George's vibrating milk baguette? George, uh, Rob, George is the winner. Robin, yeah. you, you should have said George's vibrating toilet baguette. Yeah. <laughs> that might have swayed people's public opinion. Uh, happy for George's awful idea that wouldn't work to win. He, he <laughs> well, used his I'm imagination, John. Yeah, I got lashed. <laughs> um, so, uh, George, that did take a long time. Sorry Lucky about that. patrons. Um, we, they are. Uh, we now head to your spirits, George. Uh, so okay. what two spirits are you choosing? Uh, the first spirit I'm going to choose is Spirit of the Fringe 2015. No. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. I won that. Uh, <laughs> uh, no. So the first spirit I'm going to choose is, um, is Tequila. Okay. Now, I know you're supposed to choose a brand, but I, I, I'm not a big spirit guy and I don't know what good brands are. But what I do know is that whenever I go on holiday and especially, you know, into Europe and when I can bring stuff back, I'll go to the supermarket and I'll have a good look and see what... And, and I, I'm seduced by graphics and bottle shapes and all that sort of thing. So it's going to be a tequila in a really cool bottle and it doesn't actually matter what it tastes like particularly and when it's all gone I'll just buy some tequila and re So how are you it. how are you drinking it's absolutely fine to not specify a brand if the fact it's it's any brand is part of the allure so tequila brackets graphic seduced is perfectly skulls on the bottle yeah 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 thing, you know uh, but what, how are you dead. drinking it um after I've had too many beers <laughs> Neat. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and what's your second spirit, please? My second spirit is something called Eau de Noir. 
uh, which water of black, uh, water of nut. I think N O N O I X. Okay, is that pronounced noir as well? Oh yeah. Right. Anyone know? It is. There we go. Good. Um, and it is a nut liqueur. I think it's probably made of walnuts, uh, and it's French. And there, there's one. It's called Louis Louis Rock, L O U I S R O Q U E. Louis Rock. Louis Rock. <laughs> Eau de Noir, and it and it and it's uh, it's quite sweet. It's a liqueur rather than a. So it's a walnut liqueur. Yeah, but it's black, and it's sweet, and it's nutty, and it's the sort Doesn't of thing. Doesn't the you Noir mean nut in here then? Yeah, is it? right. Yeah, but oh, it is also black. It's like oh, I it's, see. It, right, it's, it's really really dark. Yeah, and it's the sort of thing you could. You and could how are you drinking that, George? For goodness' sake. Uh, neat, but before I get too drunk. <laughs> so nice. it goes Noir beers tequila. Yes. Beautiful, mm. and then but then you could put it on like you could have just some vanilla ice cream and a little bit of that trickled on it. That would be you know, ooh, really, yeah, it's mm. good stuff. We bought a bottle back from France about ten years ago. No, we bought two bottles back and we opened one and it was so nice. We kind of we just thought we we we, we saved it for so long, thinking well we won't open it yet because it's not the right occasion. We only opened it about a few months ago. Downed it. It's yeah. So no, no, we're still kind of you know. Sort if of, you put um, it on um, ice cream, it could be called an affanuato. Yes, and should be. And should be. <laughs> it's got wax all over the top like that. You have to carve carve away the wax to get to it. Oh, mm. lovely! It's nice. Uh, well, two great spirit choices. I've never had eau de noir, and I look forward to tasting it. Could you? Would you be able to get that in the UK? Yeah, I had to Google it because I wanted to make sure I got the, the right name of it, of the one, because it's got like, it looks like a woodcut on the label. It's really nice. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, you can. I mean, it's from France, but you can, you can get it imported. Great stuff. It's only about 20 quid a bottle and it's, yeah, oh, it's the nuts. Um, Literally. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I think it was right that we had a pretty uh, swift spirit round there after our half hour pub quiz. Um <laughs> But we head now to the pub library where we expand our minds uh, with resident librarian, the lovely Robin Allender. Robin. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. Thank you. Um, yeah, welcome to the pub library. Um, this week is another culinary-themed one because it's Anthony Bourdain's Kitchen Confidential. Which is very interesting. And um, I don't suppose we've got any Americans or Canadians in, have we? Yeah. Oh, do you want to read it out? Because it will sound so stupid. No, okay, fine. <laughs> fine, no pressure. Um, it just will sound very stupid with me reading it out because he does use a lot of kind of vernacular. Uh, just, anyway. put, just do the accent. Shall I do the accent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about going home. <laughs> so he's just finished a shift in the in New York City. <laughs> Should I do the accent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. I'm thinking about going home, but I know I'll just lie there, grinding my teeth and smoking. I tell the cabbie to take me to the corner of 50th and Broadway, where I walk downstairs to the Subway Arcade and the Siberia Bar. A grungy little underground rumpus room where the drinks are served. It's a long passage. It's all right. <laughs> served in plastic cups, and the jukebox suits my taste. 
There are a few cookies from the Hilton at the bar, as well as a couple of saggy, bruised-looking strippers from a club of the joint. Tracy, the owner of the joint, is there, which means I won't be paying for drinks tonight. It's 1 a.m., and I have to be in at 7.30 manana. But the cramps are playing on the jukebox. Tracy immediately fiddles with the machine, so there's 20 free credits, and that first beer tastes mighty good. The Hilton cookies are arguing about mise en place. One of them is bitching about another cook nicking salt off a station. (laughs) And the other cook doesn't see why that's such a big deal. So I'm going to be involved in this conversation. The cramps tune is followed tune is followed by the vel by the velvet singing pale blue eyes and Tracy suggests just shot of Georgian vodka he's got stashed in the freezer. Oh, that's oh. good stuff. He uh, when 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 it, he he didn't talk like that. When he said stealing salt from a station, he didn't mean what I did at the M&S. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what he's talking about, yeah. It's, it's, a brilliant, it's a great book. He's such a good writer. It sounded it, like a Tom Waits song. Thank you. Yeah, uh, but he's often talked about that after a long shift, the cold beer. Mm. He's, a, he's a poet of the cold beer. Anthony Bourdain. Uh, Anthony Bourdain, Kitchen Confidential in the pub library. Uh, George, we don't just have a library here. We've got a jukebox. Now, you are a big metal fan. You're a big Iron Maiden fan. No, no, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) How many times have you seen Iron Maiden? Once. Oh, really? Oh, I thought you... Just once in Auckland, yeah. Oh, right, okay. No, I was there doing shows and I saw they were on and literally bought a ticket like an hour before... Ah. I started. There was a handful of tickets left, and I went. And I saw them. George, I'd misjudged and they were brilliant. you. No, no, no. <laughs> when I was in my um, teenage years, I was really into heavy metal. Uh, but then, since then, I've, I, w- I would say I've got a, a completely unpinnable down music taste. I I like so much different stuff, um, and I do like heavy metal. But then I like everything else. It's always a bit of a red flag I'm for not me when someone says that. <laughs> It might be, but I'm not going to choose heavy metal for the pub. That's all right. No, I'm not. I'm, I'm yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't steering. I, I you. like heavy metal, yeah. but I'm not like a. I wouldn't say I'm a metal fan. Okay. I, mean, I had a sleeveless denim jacket when I was a 16 year old. Uh, so, what album are you putting on the pub jukebox? Well, I'm, pu- I'm. I don't know what album it is. Well, I do know what album. Well, no, I don't know what album it is. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what music I'm putting on. No. Okay. I'm putting on, and I don't think anyone's done this. I'm putting on classical. Yes, Ooh, like yes, it. yes, 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 please. Tell you why. So, because it works in a pub so well. It, and it so, so does. So well, few pubs so do it. Here's, here's the thing. So, first of all, uh, my parents uh, listen to classical all the time. So, I know so much classical without knowing what it is. But because they played it all the time and they didn't play anything else, I, I didn't like it. And I don't really listen to it. And when I hear it, I go, oh, I know that, I know that, I know that, and I like that, but I don't listen to it at home at all. But I've got a kind of appreciation of it. And some years ago, me and my brother met up for a drink in London, and we went to a pub next to, I think, Allgate East Station, and I think it's called the White Hart. And it was a real, like, rough East End pub, proper, like, Jack the Ripper pub. And they were playing classical music in there. And we both walked in and went, this is so cool. This works so well. It was fantastic. So I think, you know, you don't expect it. When you get it, you go, this is great. 
whether you're into classical music or not. So it's it's classical music brackets general is oh. the oh. or the best of although not the best of classical music because that'll be all the stuff from the adverts. So it's going to be just kind of you know good classical music curated by someone who who knows what good classical music is. I don't mind classical music brackets general, but not just stuff off adverts. Exactly. Yeah, it's one of the best albums, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I think John and I, we, we were in a pub the other day, and it was a Friday night, and they were playing, uh, like, it was Max Richter, mm. piano piece. Really beautiful. Yeah, that was Blow the... Notebooks. It's a very, very... That was the pineapple in Lambeth. Yeah. I mean, it was a very strange atmosphere for a Friday night there. <laughs> yeah, but it worked. Yeah. And it's it great, isn't it? Especially when it really contrasts with the kind yeah. of... The, 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 the look of people... Well, they do the play sort of classical music to calm people down right. in, like, tube stations. Mm. And it makes such a big difference. Yeah. And when I used to work in a bookshop and they would play classical music, it was such a different vibe. It was so chilled. But so few places do it. Mm. I mean, imagine, you know, the amount of pubs with sort of, like, horrible, aggressive, stressful music. Yeah. Classical music is very rarely stressful. Yeah. Oh no, this Apart was from just modical, this, modern this was classical magic. music, which is all it rubbish. <laughs> it was so cool. Although, although, can I? I mean, this is kind of cheating, isn't it? If mm. I say the things I was thinking of doing as well. It is, it? and also we haven't got time because the. Right. Uh, <laughs> can I just say umpapa from Oliver? I have. Oh <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about Wix. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you're to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com. George, we move on to your wild card choice. Okay, my wild card is uh, what in what in Spain they would call tapas, mm. what in the UK I would call free food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, your proper kind of like, where you don't pay for it, but it comes with the food. Yeah. So what it is, there's someone there. It's probably me. If, not, if it's not me, it's someone like me who runs the bar. And what they do, you don't pay for the food, you're buying your beer, and if someone's 
buying beer and they're nice people and so on like that, then the guy who runs the bar comes up to you and he says, hey, try this. And because, because it's, it's, you've not paid for it, he, he, he's in charge of what you're having. Mm. So you can't have anyone saying, oh, can I get that without the parsley? And then going, no, you can't. Fuck off. You know what I mean? <laughs> gotta, so so, so it's, it's a bit like what we were talking about with the cheese on toast. So it's someone who behind the bar has gone, oh, we've got this, we've got that, that might work with that, might with that. And I take that over and there's some little bits of toast here with this on and, 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 and some little bit of salmon that I found in the fridge. It's all, I'll do that, I'll, I'll put a bit of hoisin on that. Got some lovely some milk from the train here, yeah. Some nice, some train milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, say that again. A lot of work for your bartender. No, it's, it's probably true, but this is a, this is in the correct realm. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, the the bartender before setting up the pub has sort of created uh, a perfect smorgasbord. Of, well, mate, I tell you, know. you what, maybe there's there's maybe there's a guy who's who's just there for that. A chef. <laughs> but he's not a chef. So he's just a guy because I'm not a chef. So your your wild card is food. <laughs> if you want, but I think it's I think it's more than that because it's because that nothing tastes quite like free food. Mm. When you go, you know, like hey, I wasn't expecting this, you know. Like when I stole some of your uh, tablet popcorn today in the kitchen. Have you had some of that? Yeah, it's nice, isn't it's it? It's really good. It's gonna, I'm going to put it on the pancakes in the show. Oh, man. I know, isn't that going to work? Yeah, it's really yeah. good. Mm. So, so almost like going up to a deli counter where they've got the samples, but provided by a bartender. You're kind of, but you've got the, you've got the passion of, the, of the, the person who, who rustles up the things. Like the other night when I, when I did that meal. When yeah? you did the five-course tasting menu from nowhere. Oh, that's brilliant. But, it was extraordinary. You know, but, but, it, but it is literally going, actually, why don't we try mixing pot noodle with a bit of pickled ginger and a bit, you know, and just doing that. And because you're not paying for it, he's got the, the commander and he bring, comes over. And if, if on the menu it said pot noodle with a bit of pickled ginger and some toasted sesame seeds, you go, I'm not paying whatever for that. But it's free and it comes and you go, what is that? And you go, oh, I'll tell you later. You know, and it's all that kind of magic. Mm. That's what it is. The magic of free food and just... This is for the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Dragged out. Imagine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but George, we haven't actually discussed what your pub is going to look like. What sort of pub it is? So it's gonna it's gonna be um, it's gonna be underground. Mm. It's gonna be it's it's like a, a cellar kind of thing. It's gonna have posters on the wall. It's gonna be it's gonna have mismatched furniture. It's gonna have that sort of vibe of somewhere that's been created by someone who doesn't have any budget to speak of, and it's not. But it's not pretentious. It's not like they've gone, oh, this would be a cool design. It's just kind of evolved and grown and it's grubby. And that's what it's like. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> a grubby basement. A sort of grubby basement. It's got posters on the walls and it's got weird a sculptures dive bar. and things. Kind of it's like, a dive bar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of sort of a dive bar, but kind of more like somewhere you'd find uh, sort of in a basement in Berlin or something nice. like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Can that's you still smoke like. there? Yeah, Lovely. yeah. In fact, you Lovely. know, I don't smoke and I don't like smoke, but I, 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 I miss smoking pubs. Mm. So you're allowed to, you can smoke in there because it's in, it's not in England. I'm there. I am <laughs> there. Uh, will we now leave our Johnny Come Fly Be Nightlies uh, to find out what George's dream pub companion will be? 
To find out who George's dream hmm. (laughs) (laughs) To find out who George's dream pub companion will be. If you would like to find out this choice, if you'd like to hear this extra content, go to moonunderpod.com to subscribe. Six pounds a month and you fill your boots. Um, But for those of you who uh, do not wish to subscribe to Patreon, we'll see you after this choice. You're barred. Uh, But now we return to uh, the regular episode with the Johnny Come Fly Be Nightlies. Uh, George, what a a wonderful pub this is. So far, you've got a pint of ordinary, elderflower, abulis, ginger wine, abyss brewery, abyss brewery, tropic thunder. (laughs) Tequila, brackets, graphics, seduced. <laughs> Eau de Noir, Louis Roque, your walnut juice. Yep. <laughs> We've got classical music, brackets, general, playing on the jukebox. Uh, your dream pub companion remains in the minds of our patrons. Uh, but what are you not allowing? What are you kicking out? What are you clamping down on, George? Okay, well, f- first of all, I've... I've I've got a slight criticism of this podcast. Well, it's not a criticism. But wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not a criticism. It's not a criticism. Well, not but the first, to be fair, but current. Yeah. No, what it is, is in Desert Island Discs, when they come to the, to the book, they always say, you've got the Bible and the complete works of Shakespeare, and like that. And I think that, Everyone wants to ban phones, so I think you should... Because my first thought was, of course, I want to ban phones. And I want to ban screens, those two. So I think, actually, phones and screens should be... They're the, the Bible and Shakespeare of they the Moon Underwater. They should be the Bible water. and Shakespeare of the Moon Underwater, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think... No, I don't think that works. Because, like, I if I go to a pub on my own, I may well, I may well spend 20 m- minutes on my phone. That's not interrupting anyone else's experience. That doesn't mean that I necessarily want to go well, to a pub. Well, screens with like then. Yeah, but some people like going to the pub to watch sport. That's, but that's like saying some people don't want the Bible and the works of Shakespeare. No, but you can't say screens are automatically banned because for some people, screens are part of the pub experience. Well, I would ban both of those, but I don't want those to be my choice. <laughs> right, okay. So you're sort of so cheating I'm the system ass- I'm cheating bit. the system again. But here's what I'm going to... The first thing I thought... Well, when I wrote my list, it was when it was really hot, so I was going to say clothes. Because I think that... Because I really... I was just... The other day, when it was just absurdly hot, and I was just thinking, why haven't we evolved out of these yet? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I do just think that... Well, we'll that, have to. Well, I, I, I think we ought to, because, you know, you know, you, everyone's got different faces. You don't go, oh, John with the long face of Rob... You know what I mean? You yeah. just you, you just go, oh, it's just different people. And, and if we were naked for about a week... You'd go, oh, John with the long... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I just whispered to John that was going to be my punchline. Oh. But anyway... Although it was going to be Tony with the tiny cock, but never mind. <laughs> but yes, I just think we, we, we should have evolved out of those, but, but it's not going to be clothes. What it's going to be, this is what I'm going to ban, and that is people who, when they've had their pint bought, because, you know, a pint should have a bit of a head on it, and that's part of beer, mm. you know, and people who, when they're having a, a round of several drinks poured for them, then go, oh, excuse me, you put some more beer in there for me because it's gone down by about sort of half a centimetre. Yeah. I'd ban people who do that. Yes, yeah. there you go. 
So ba basically, gr greedy people. You know what I mean? It's like when, when my kids, when, when we used to like, you know, we'd get like a, whatever, a Vionetta or something like that, and we'd chop it up, and my kids would be going, oh, their slice is bigger than mine, whatever. Yeah. Like you just go, eat it with your eyes closed. It's, yeah. it's you've, you've got some Vionetta, that's great. Well, yeah. uh, my, my brother used to do this, uh, like when we were sharing a pizza or something, he, he'd, he'd cut it in half, and he'd say, which slice do you want? And I'd say, oh, I'll have the smaller one. He goes, they're the same. It was like, because he was like, I was criticizing his cutting technique. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, good, good point, though. Yeah, anyway, yeah. But, you know. Yeah, but yeah. that's that's how you solve the problem with kids: is you go, one of you cut, and one of you choose. Yeah, okay. I remember my dad telling me a, a, a story about. This is great about uh, a, a, a father and son who are uh, 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 they're, they're having a sort of cream tea, and they've got two cakes, and there's a tiny cake and a big cake, and the dad says, "Which which cake would you like?" And the son goes, oh, "I have the big cake." And he says, that's very bad manners. You should always say, I have the small one. And he says, well, which one would you have taken? He says, I would have taken the small one. He says, well, you got it, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Hurry up, please. It's time. Well, uh, banning greedy people who moan about the head on their beer has got the um, approval of John Mark, the resident uh, barman here at the Moon Underwater. Um <laughs> But George, we've got but the small matter of the name for this pub. Okay. Uh I'm going I'm a big fan of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. Uh Dweeb alert. Well <laughs> I don't care. The 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 radio programs and the TV program as opposed to the book which I haven't read because I've only read Three? Did I, t I told you? You know, three or four books. Four books, maybe. You've read a lot and, uh, of cookery books. But no, I've, you just, I've looked you know. at a lot of cookery books. Yeah, but I you have read cookery. But books. some people aren't readers, and that's fine. No, I'm not much of a reader. But I've listened to the. I love. Used to listen to the radio programs on audio cassettes all the time when I was a child. Um, and so I'm going to call this pub, and I'm going to use the word kitchen in here because of the the free food that's given, mm. and I'm going to call it the kitchen at the end of the universe. Oh, oh lovely! That's great. And it's, and it's going to suit that grubby underground vibe and it's all going to be, you know. I mean, no one's going to think it's a pub. Yeah, but that, that, that's good. Good. <laughs> it uh, wants to be cult. It does. <laughs> it wants to have people sort of turning up expecting a three-course meal. Well, they'll probably get it and it'll be free. Oh. <laughs> you should call it the bankruptcy at the end of the universe. <laughs> Um, so, George, thank you so much for joining us here at the Moon Underwater in the Dagda, uh, live at the Edinburgh Festival. It's been an absolute treat to have you here. Thank you. And maybe we might put out the little pilot we recorded as a little bonus extra for you know, patrons. I, I would be fascinated to listen because I've well, no idea. The choices what I are so different. Uh, yeah, no, that, I bet, I bet. That would be a nice thing. It was just stellar, every single choice. <laughs> Band Stella, yeah, Stella they, on both drafts. Sounds said, great. <laughs> sounds brilliant. They said, know. we're not going to make this. It sounds rubbish. Um, <laughs> wow. But what song from classical music, brackets general? Well, no, I do. I do. I, I, do, I, I brought, I brought the, the, so, so I did. So some years ago, I was driving back uh, into London from doing some gigs somewhere. And, um, and a bit of music came on uh, Classic FM, I think. 
and it was and I was just like this is so cool and I was driving up the the, the M4 where it where it's sort of re where it's all flyovers and there's all big adverts and it feels all really sort of Blade Runnery you know it's all swervy and it was playing this bit of music uh, and I and so then I looked online and found out what it was and bought bought the album but it is Tognetti Bach is the the I think Tognetti is the guy who plays it and it's a bit of Bach and it's it's track 11 on this album and I assume it's going to come in now as I'm speaking probably something like that but it's whatever's there and I haven't got my glasses because I'm 49 Bach, it Bach is track 11. 11 number Lovely. 11 it is concerto for two violins in D minor Largo saddest of all keys Largo Manon Tanto <laughs> Largo Manon Tanto with uh, Richard Dognetti on uh, piano violin by Giovanni Battistita Guadagnini Palma, 1759. That doesn't sound true. <laughs> they can't have recorded him in 1759. George, I think they saw you coming when they sold you this. <laughs> but anyway, track 11 of Tognetti Bach, Australian Chamber Orchestra. George, we thank you so much for your time, your company, and your choices. Ladies and gentlemen, George A. <laughs> The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Thousands of people listen to The Moon Underwater every week, and we can help deliver your brand message to targeted audiences. So if you're to be part of The Moon Underwater and connect with engaged audio listeners, get in touch. Just email sales at audioalways.com and find out more about how podcast advertising and sponsorship could work for you. That's sales at audioalways.com.